Yo, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining me for this special episode of Pals in Your Pocket podcast, episode 23. For those that don't know, 23 means a lot to a lot of places and people in the world throughout history and even in modern times. So that's basically what our subject is going to be. I have my friend Marigold once again joining me. Hey, hey, everybody. Always good to have a guest on and... Definitely always good to have a female guest on because when you have two different tones of voices, it helps. And for the episode 23, I had to get one on because one of the first things that comes with 23 is knowing that we each as humans have 23 chromosomes. We pass on 23 traits or chromosomes to our children. And it is the 23rd chromosome within us that uh, makes you either male or female. And some people have likened this to many different things, such as even the devil. The devil and tarot cards and other symbols have been shown to have both feminine and masculine qualities within the same figure, or having both a man and a woman uh, underneath the same sort of devilish figure. So we'll get into all that uh, before we start talking into the content. Just wanted to say I hope everybody's doing well. Things have been good on my side. Uh, a bit exhausting, a little tired, but are you really living a real life if you ain't a little tired, right? I hear a lot of people talking about they have these sleep problems, and I just want to say no negative vibes toward anyone that actually has sleep issues, but if you're one of those people that is taking melatonin and it's still not working, there's still something up, I'm sorry, man, you need to push yourself a little harder, <laughs> whatever that means, at work, exercise, uh, in your artistic endeavors, Whatever that means, do it. So, anyway, uh, what do you know about, like, the number 23, Marigold? Like, I remember when we first started talking about this, the first thing that popped up was the movie with Jim Carrey. I mean, that's something that I think anybody in our age range immediately thinks about. Let me ask you this. Uh, when you f first went and saw the movie, what were your thoughts on it? Like, what... Uh, what like preconceived notions did you have going into it? Um, well, let's see. The first time I saw it, like I really didn't have any expectation. I actually didn't hear about the movie until it was shown to me. So as the movie started and he's obsessing over the number 23, I was kind of like, well, this is absurd. What's he losing his mind? He's insane. And as the story progresses, he just keeps uncovering things uh, again with the 20, the number 23 and he's getting a little like what exactly is happening you know and I thought that was really cool and like every everything like especially the part I forget what it's the scene in the movie where he's at the wall and he's like pulling the, the wallpaper down and he's like seeing all the scribbling that he's writing and it all comes back to that number 23 um and I believe I'm not 100% sure but I think he referenced um I don't know if he referenced it or not but I don't know if you brought it back to the Zodiac, because I know the or it's um, the 22nd and the 23rd of every month that the Zodiacs begin and end on. And I think he may have touched about it a little bit, but I'm not 100% sure if my room uh, corrects me there. So, But uh, it, there's just so many different points to the number 23. Um, for instance, let's see, uh, like April 19th, or plus 19 equals 23. That was the date of uh, the Battle of Lexington, Waco, and the Oklahoma City bombing. So a lot of these things, if you think about it, like did the people that uh, 
when these things happened, were they actually thinking about the number 23 or was it just kind of one of those, like, just randomly happening on that day type of scenario? Right. Um, I know that uh, I've talked before about witchcraft and like being a witch myself on this podcast before. And one thing I always like to tell people is that even in magic, they teach you that if something has some sort of strange significance, like the number 23, it's something that you should pay attention to and maybe even use. And like you just said, sometimes even just thinking about the number 23 kind of gives it power. Like if you want to say that there's a demon out there that controls people's minds, one could make the argument that the number 23 does that in the way that, like in the movie, uh, the character played by Jim Carrey gets driven crazy by it, and it seems like no matter what he does in his life, he's brought back to it, and that number is always leading him to something bad. Now, in many cultures, they say that the number 23 is often like the number 11 or 13, which, by the way, have also been linked to the devil, so I guess there's no... Well, we're, we're starting to see a pattern here. Point is, is that it's been pointed to as a unlucky number, but it's also been pointed to as a lucky number. And I think that depends on who you are. Uh, in the Masonic teachings, they talk about the checkerboard, how there's light and dark, good and bad, and it exists within all of us. But ultimately, we are all here for more uh, one side or the other. And I think what that means is when you see people that are perpetual criminals, uh, that have been in jail several times in their life and just can't seem to, quote-unquote, get right. Um, that's somebody who you could argue is more working for the dark forces. Now, again, I'm not trying to say that anybody yeah. you know who's been to jail multiple times is working for dark forces, but I'm saying that I'm giving using that as an example. And, well, back to your dark forces. Uh, so, speaking of that, the devil... Uh, it's, the devil is equated to two-thirds, and that equals point six six six, and that's the sign of the devil. So going back to the occultism and things like that, it kind of goes back to the devil as well. Right, but what is, so like, okay, when we say the devil, like, what do you think that means in terms of the number 23? Because one thing I've talked about here on the podcast is sacred numerology. So in some ways, you could say that maybe the devil exists as a number, maybe that number could be 23 now notice i didn't say that is the case on purpose because i don't believe that but what what does that mean right. to you like okay if i'm a listener i'm hearing this i'm thinking all kinds of thoughts right now like what does that mean to you uh that means to me so if there's like a divine number let's say for instance 11 11 that's a divine number for the angels to come down and you know tell you things are okay and like watch out for those numbers because that's that's the I guess the God side of it right so there's always like you say the yin and the yang so if 1111 is for the angels and 666 is the sign of the devil it's kind of like a balancing act so everything does come back to numbers right and I can tell you too um, in episode 21 we talked about God because God number uh, is uh, seven whereas the devil is six they say the number for God is seven, and all that adds up to 21. Um, I know that when it comes to that, I could tell you that <laughs> a lot of that. Humans have been represented as five in the spiritual world. So when it comes to how many dimensions there are and what exists in all these dimensions, because here's the thing. While we exist in what we know is three dimensions, from what some people believe, we actually exist in five dimensions. Angels and demons exist in a sixth dimension, and some angels exist in a seventh dimension where 
the all omnipresent omni uh, potent god exists now there's actually an eighth dimension and honestly i don't know a whole lot about that but i can say that that has a lot to do with the numbers representing these certain things is the dimension where they have most of their power and are um existing but i think that the reason they're a number above what humans are and then god's a number above what angels and or some angels and demons are is that that shows their power like how the limits you know what i mean like they have more at their uh expense i guess like they obviously god is more powerful than angels or demons in that sort of uh belief system so i think that has a lot to do with it uh like you said with the number 23 i think probably a good reason to think it's an unlucky number is because it happens to go back to the devil with it being two or three divided by two right yep yeah with that being six 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 i think you could say if you're a christian or if you're like a light worker probably a number that you don't want to associate with too much now don't let these numbers control you numbers are just numbers and oftentimes they can be but as i've said many times in my life there's no such thing as a coincidence so yeah let that be what it will and then also i don't know if you know but uh alistair crowley credited himself for inventing william churchill's v for victory hand sign uh he said he created as a mystic symbol to counter the nazis usage of the swastika uh the v sign is made up by by a hand keeping two fingers up with three digits kind of going back with your occult stuff like i actually i didn't realize that i just kind of read that now but that's really interesting so he used the 20 symbolisms as well I'm sorry, you cut out there a little bit. He used the what? He used 23 as symbolism. Ah, I hear you. Okay. Okay, well, and if you know about Aleister Crowley, we all know that he's probably one of the most famous sorcerers in modern history. A lot of uh, occult symbolism and even occult teachings and stuff is based on him. Uh, Today, I really like that you brought this up. Today I heard an interesting uh, term called uh, Crowley, Crowley Minotti which is like the Illuminati, but instead of it being Illuminators, which actually can be compared to lightworkers in some ways, but the original Illuminati, where that term and name for a secret society comes from, is actually extinct from what I understand now. There is no proper Illuminati as it was meant to be when that term was created, but Crowley Minotti is definitely alive and well. In fact, most people in Hollywood engage in it, from what I understand. Uh, Drinking of blood sacrificial sort of uh symbols maybe not making sacrifices themselves but even like one of my favorite uh singers like uh, artists uh selena gomez has been shown to have like sort of satanic or crowley minati symbolism um on her clothing and stuff so it's definitely an interesting time that we're living in where things like witchcraft things like crowley and all this is being accepted and definitely put out into the mainstream. Yeah. And I see a lot of that with like Hollywood and stuff too. They say, you know, it's not, I don't, it's not confirmed or fact or anything, but they say that when you see a lot of like the pop stars nowadays put up their, their triangle hands and things like that, they're, they're showing respect to the Illuminati that basically gave them the, the riches and fame that they're now receiving again i don't know if that's fact or fiction i've just heard it but it's still an interesting theory to think about 
I think in many cases it most likely is fact. You have uh, Jay-Z, who is probably one of the, well, just came out. He's the richest rapper alive, and he calls himself uh, Ho, which is short for Jehovah, which comes from Jehovah's Witness religion, which in the Jehovah's Witness, that is like the ultimate blasphemous, uh, blasphemous thing you could say to call yourself Jehovah, because that's like... That's a God that's like greater than even the Christian God in their eyes. So when he's saying things like that, I think it's definitely not above the realm of saying that him throwing up a triangle hand sign is in some sort of allegiance to a secret secret society, possibly a satanic one. Uh, Yeah, definitely an interesting thought, if nothing else, like you said. But I think in some cases, it's, it's definitely fact. Hard to say who it is and who is not, because you also have like rappers like um, Tech Nine, uh who talks about like sixes and sevens like i mean he has an album called all sixes and sevens which is once again like i said in uh reference to demons and angels uh i don't know if tech nine is a part of any illuminati because of how he is like he's just got his own sort of thing going on and i don't know if i don't know if the illuminati can accept that but again this is coming from someone who's not in it never been into it but i do research it a lot and it's definitely one of my most uh researched youtube topics if you look at my research history (laughs) yeah you just don't know we just really don't know (laughs) we just scrape the surface of things and just a bunch of ideas that get thrown out and again it goes back to synchronicities you notice a lot of things of you know people and places and it's just like wow you know real yeah but so definitely uh, cool Yep, I like to think about it, and life can get so monotonous sometimes, and uh, I used to criticize people for liking sports, but one thing I've realized about liking these occult stuff, and yeah, you know, like I said, I practice some of it in some ways, but ultimately for me it is sort of like watching a sport or engaging in a sport, maybe somebody who loves basketball and plays it on the weekends and actually cares about how many times it takes them to get a free throw shot. I'm kind of that same way just with the stuff we're talking about. And, yeah, I like to think about it. Uh, Real quick before we end the topic and go on to movies, kind of like the number 23, uh, I know you have a list up. I uh, kind of memorized a couple things and know some off the top of my head when it comes to the number 23. Let's name some of the stuff that in life is just connected to this uh, I think no matter what way you look at it is a sacred number, whether that be an evil type of sacred. I don't believe that, but whether that be evil or good, it is sacred nonetheless because it does exist in so many different forms and places. One thing I know is that Julius Caesar, who was stabbed multiple times and is known to be one of the greatest emperors of Rome, was stabbed 23 times. Now that number has been debated throughout history, but the fact that you look up most lists and it's on there makes it history. So... That is that. Um, The equator said to be 23.5, which 5 is 2 plus 3 put together. So in a way, that's 23 existing in both ways. Go ahead. The Hiroshima bomb was actually dropped at 815, and 8 plus 15 equals 23. So that's a little bit of a cool coincidence there. The September Um, 11th. Adolf Hitler organized the Nazis on January 23rd. Wow, I didn't know that. On 23rd, he tried to take over. Wow. Uh, the September yeah, I 11th. didn't know that. That's pretty crazy. The September it says 11th. the average lifespan of a human being on the planet Earth is 63 years, roughly 23,000 days. 
That's interesting too. Huh. September. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> there are 23 axioms to Elucid's geometry. So numbers are definitely a big significance with geometry and the way we see things. You know, uh, I know you've talked about uh, hallucinogens in the past before, um, but going kind of to that, like when you when you have a hallucinogen in your body and you're seeing things, you're looking at a sky. And normally, when you look at a sky with clear eyes, you see what you see. But then if you throw some hallucinogens in there, everything becomes geometry. You see energies. You see shapes that usually you would never see. And, you know, that's pretty profound. Like, there's definitely something beyond our our barriers that, you know, on a normal day-to-day basis you don't see. But when you open your mind, you can you're, you just see numbers and you see uh, different shapes and things like that. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Definitely. Uh, one thing I wanted to add to the list was that the September 11th, uh, 2001 attacks, 9 plus 11 plus 2 plus 0 plus 0 plus 1 equals 23. Um, there's a lot of other uh, seemingly coincidental uh, markings at 23, but getting into what you were just saying, um, that has a lot to do with what I think is the Fibonacci sequence, which is a mathematical equation that all plants and even a lot of animals, in fact, I think even all animals uh, can be sort of broken down into. Like if you look at the way their body grows, it has evolved and is shaped, uh, even seemingly random things, which in our world to our perception normally is random, uh, is not random at all when you break it down. and. I have to wonder, is that, and I guess it depends on who you ask, is that a marking of evidence that there is a divine plan or a divine design? You know, you've ever heard of uh, the intelligent design? Yeah. Yeah, the idea that you can see God existing in nature, especially in space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look, the signs are there. I mean... For the longest time, I had my eyes closed to the world, you know, and I recently just woke up and I just started seeing what's really going on. You know, it's like you have a veil over your eyes until you're actually ready to see. But a lot of times when you finally open your eyes, you see a lot of maybe not so much divine things. You see like the bad stuff of it. But honestly, if you open your eyes, you'll find good things and bad things. It's like that yin and yang effect. But, you know, what you do with it is what makes makes or breaks you. Most definitely. Have you ever heard of uh, the lifting of the veil of Maya? I actually have. I actually recently listened to that probably about a couple months ago. Tell the listeners uh, what you know about the lifting of the veil of Maya. Well, I'm explaining it. <laughs> so well, I mean, what you honestly, probably I Probably not the best person. I've only listened to it once, and I don't have the best memory, so I do apologize. Oh, I don't even know that. I don't know what you're referring to when you say you listen to it. See, uh, that is actually an occult thing. Uh, you know 2012? What do you mean 2012? So, like, the whole idea of the Mayan Aztec calendar, or not Mayan, sorry, it was the Aztec calendar. Oh, yeah, they said that the Earth and the world would end then, and that's not what happened, well, obviously. We're still here, so. That's one interpretation. What it really was was that their calendar, which was sort of like our, our calendar, the thing about calendars is that they can be based in different shapes with a different amount of months in fact uh the only reason we have the month of august is because of the romans before the roman 
Emperor Augustus uh, came into power, we did not have the month of August. He reshaped the way days are made and the way months are recorded just to give himself an extra month with the most days. Um, right. The Aztecs had their own form of calendar and the calendar itself ended on that date. Uh, and a lot of people were kind of freaking out about that because it was odd that it uh, ended. Now, some people say it recycles and you have to just start over. But even that in and of itself is an ending of a cycle. So from from what I know about the lifting of the veil of Maya in 2012, that's what that was about. It wasn't the end of the world. It was the ending of an age. And a lot of people who believe in the horoscope stuff say that the age of Aquarius uh is upon us and the age of I think Pisces is what just ended um, the age of Aquarius is always represented by someone uh, emptying a jug of water and that's why they say the sea levels right now are starting to rise I mean a lot of that has to do with climate change but uh, some yeah. people and say then that, then kind of relevant to a lot of the dolphins and whales are showing up on shorelines dead you know there's there's definitely something affecting it I think there's something affecting it. It could be cosmic. I think it could be partially man-made, and uh, it could probably be both. Um, but when it comes to the lifting of the veil of Maya, they say that uh, we as humans have had this effect after 2012 where spiritually, maybe we didn't all notice it, and some people are still waking up probably, but we're all able to see things like much more clearly. And it's strange for me because on 2012, when nothing happened, <laughs> no earthquake, no volcano, like nothing. I mean, not to say I was expecting like a cataclysm necessarily, but I was expecting something big that would get everyone's attention. And when nothing happened, I was pretty disappointed if I'm being quite blunt. But it's interesting to say that as someone who's experienced synchronicity, which we brought up before, I could say that after 2012, I got synchronicity signs a lot more than I used to. And it's actually been growing. Um, it depends on where I'm at in my life. Uh, there was a time in my life when I wasn't doing so well. And I mean, obviously, I didn't see signs of synchronicity, but definitely after 2012, it uh, spiked. It uh, jumped and was definitely kind of intense. Honestly, it was a, it was a little hard to deal with at first. But such is part of our spiritual journey to deal with things that we know are kind and good, but are hard to deal with because they are so intense. I mean, part is how God is. If you look at God as sort of like the sun, you can't look at God directly for too long. Otherwise, you'll literally damage your nerves and your eyes. So, yeah. yeah. And a little funny synchronicity story. This is actually kind of recent. I was driving somewhere and I was kind of going through some stuff and I was sitting in my car driving and I was like, said to the universe, I was like, give me a freaking sign. And I looked up and no lie. There was a billboard that said, this is a sign. <laughs> and it was like the funniest thing because it was very coincidental. And I don't know if maybe subconsciously, like I saw the sign in the corner of my eye or something before saying, show me a sign. And then there it was. But just a little, just a little lightheartedness there for you. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love how God, even if he is real in the Christian sense, uh, has a sense of humor in that way. <laughs> So signs are out there. You just got to look for them. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is true. And when you first tell people or sometimes when I first tell people about synchronicity, they think it's kind of crazy almost. But it's like, no, it's something that if it is crazy, must be mass hypnosis or something, because I know definitely I know several different people that experience it on different levels. So 
Uh, shout out to all the spiritual warriors out there on the same spiritual journey as us. Um, exactly. So let's get into some different alternate reality movies, kind of like the number 23, where we know this sort of thing exists in reality and it's interesting. We can't, haven't quite figured it out, but it's interesting to make a new movie or a new universe in a movie about it. One movie I liked. Oh, damn it. Sorry. Oh, cat knocked over the speaker. Kitty Fowl. Kitty Fowl. One movie I like to bring up is Dark City, which is a movie that came out in the 90s about people that live on a much smaller planet than Earth. But what they do is during the day, they live what they think are normal lives. And then a certain time of the day, a bell rings or like a clock, kind of like Big Ben in London rings. And everybody goes to sleep. And while they're asleep, these... um, I don't even know what to call them. They're like, they're another race of people, except they're not another race. They just exist within the shadows of this society of people. And when people go to sleep, they feed off their dreams. And that's how they like sustain themselves. And when people wake up, which it's all timed, they go back into the walls of people's houses or like into the basement or the shadows basically. And like, don't the people who live during the day don't know they exist. And uh, the movie's about a guy who wakes up in the dream or when everybody goes to sleep and realizes that he has, like, the powers to manipulate that reality. And, uh, yeah, it's sort of like The Matrix before The Matrix was popular, but that idea has existed throughout time. And, again, that's one movie I love to bring up. What's another movie that you like to think of uh, when it comes to movies like this? Well, I actually saw the movie Us uh, this past Friday, and there'll be some spoiler alerts spoiler in here alerts. before warning. But uh, basically, the movie Us is about a family. Uh, well, to start off, it starts out in the 1980s. little girl goes to the beach in California with her family, and she kind of wanders off and finds herself in this uh, little mirror house. She's walking through, the lights go off, and she gets scared and panics and starts to kind of run through, and she stops at this one mirror and looks at it, and herself is on the other side of the mirror, but back-facing her. And then it cuts into, it goes forward again, back into, like, present day, and now it's this, that little girl, she's now an adult with her husband and two children, and her husband's like, oh, let's go to the beach in California, And her kids are all pumped, and she's just, like, really adamant about not going. And then she finally decides to go. And they get there, and they're right about the same area where that little mirror house is. And so they're in there. I think it's, like, their summer house or whatever. And they're by themselves, and all of a sudden, their son comes out, and they're like, Mom, Dad, there's a family outside. So Dad goes outside to investigate, realize they're not good people. They go back in the house. Next thing you know, all their lights are out and all this stuff, and the, the other families come in to attack them. Family comes in, and it's them. It's the, the family that's in the house, but it's them, but a darker version of them. They can't talk. They make freaking... Anyway, so as the story goes on, they're basically fighting each other for existence in that plane. And at the beginning of the movie, back in the 80s, there's this commercial that comes on, and it's basically saying, hands across America, people are going to, like, start a barrier through the whole United States uh, for whatever. And back to present day, that hands across America is the alternate reality of those people. So anybody that they show in this movie has a dark presence of themselves. And it was just at the end of the movie, 
you, and here's a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear it, don't listen. So at the end of the movie, after the the family that's being attacked, they kind of, they go to their neighbor's house, and those people had their basically doppelgangers, and they ended up killing them because they killed the, the normal people. Uh, come to find out, at the end, the little girl that was in the mirror maze originally, she was taken and held captive by the mirror girl. So the the good, quote-unquote, good girl was put into the alternate reality for a while while the bad one was living the real girl's life. At the end of the movie, the little her son looks at her. She gives him a smile like, this isn't my mom. And that right there was just like, I got chills thinking about it. It was just like a really cool concept. Wow. That like, does I hope that there's a second one to kind of see what happens with that. If like the, the lady gets outed or, you know, that would be, that would be pretty cool. I was kind of like hoping they would show more at the end, but they didn't. So I thought that was a pretty cool movie. Sweet. Um, oh, real quick. Uh, one story I do have, I should get into the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, when I was in high school, I worked at a Harkins Theater, the one on Gateway Pavilions, and the movie, the number 23, came out with Jim Carrey, and my friend Jesus at the time, uh, he drew the number, the, literally the number 23, on like all our equipment, like all our brooms, uh, on our doors sometimes, there'd be the number 23, <laughs> and uh, uh, after a while... Uh, he got in trouble for it because obviously he was writing it everywhere and one of the managers told him to stop. And uh, when he stopped, so many people at the theater that we worked with got so upset when uh, he stopped that we started writing it every once in a while on things and uh, he actually got in huge trouble for it because of that. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I know. I mean, unfortunately, like I said, he got in trouble. That's not the funny part. But the funny part is that, I mean, just how far the joke went. And we all didn't mean to do harm to him. We we didn't want to get him in trouble. We just really loved that he did it. I mean, it gave us a laugh and a smile on our face. But anyway, uh, I always thought that was a funny story. That's something. That's for sure. Yeah. I think I'd probably lose my mind if I didn't know somebody was doing that. And I'm just like, am I going crazy? You know, <laughs> for a little while, some people were like, well, who the fuck is like, we didn't know who was doing it. And he kept it like, uh, quiet for a while. Um, and real quick, I do just want to say, and this will be one thing I should transition into. And this is a perfect form or place to do it. Uh, Jesus, my friend now actually is uh, transgender. I think I forget exactly what, uh they subscribe or describe themselves as but it's interesting to think that the whole 23 thing goes into like when the male and the female split and then he happened to go transgender and i myself recognize as gender fluid which just real quick i guess i'll address on the podcast to say is like the way i'm gender fluid is like how everyone's gender fluid there are certain girl things that i just love more almost as much as guy things like i could go from loving like super manly like i don't know whatever rap music to super like feminine girl power music and i think that's just part of who i am i know most people ain't like that and there's nothing wrong with it but i don't know i think that's just good to recognize that that's part of life now especially in the modern era everything changes and part of our changes are the way our society does and it's time we started accepting it you know what I guess I would say I'm gender fluid as well because, you know what, when I was a little kid, I played with Barbies and I played with G.I. Joes. 
I like boy toys, I like girl toys, and I really don't think that it should matter, you know, if you like something that's quote-unquote deemed feminine or quote-unquote, you know, for the boys or something. I just think if it, if, if it makes you happy, then that, so be it. For sure. Whatever gives you joy in life, definitely pursue that and try to make more of it. Um, I guess cheers I'll... Cheers to that. Yeah, cheers to that, for sure. I wish I had a drink right now. <laughs> Next drink I have, it'll be in cheers to that. Well, PIYPs, I think the last thing we'll talk about, um, I guess, would be The Matrix. I don't think I brought that up on the podcast yet, but I just love that movie because it seems to get better with time. Uh, It's dated like the original Matrix. You could tell the special effects are from the early 2000. I I think it actually came out in 1999. But... What I love about that movie is the idea that it could be real and we would never know it. And while I don't believe that is actually the case, that we're all really asleep in some kind of pod just bioengineered to produce electricity or some kind of energy for robots, I do wonder if sometimes we don't live in some sort of simulation, whether that be an ultra-advanced computer program or some kind of divine spiritual process or dream, sort of, you know? get that one trying to remember this guy's name demi moore's ex-husband what the heck was his name because there's a movie with him in it and i'm trying to remember let's see i don't know his name oh well i'll I'll come back to it later but go ahead (laughs) continue um yeah i mean we're at the 34 minute mark uh Honestly, I didn't know what else I was going to say about this except to say that, like I said, it's time we started accepting it. If you look at history, there's been trans people or gender fluid people throughout all of it. Uh, I remember one of the earliest examples I saw as a child. I'm sure there were much earlier examples, like I said, it's been throughout all time. But I remember I was watching this anime called Zoids. And in Zoids, there's this one minor character that is definitely like masculine like totally a man but sort of dresses sort of effeminately like we've talked about cross-dressing before and i always just thought that was kind of cool how sometimes guys are cool with wearing girls clothes if they happen to think that they look better and as a person who grew up uh watching anime liking that sort of culture and not to say that all anime has that in it but i thought that was cool that it was there and yeah I think that's a cool thing. And like I said, it's a good thing we accept it in our society, obviously. It's not accepted everywhere. And that's one thing I love to tell people is that even though America is the country it is and some people hate those that are in control and how policy is being changed, one thing we can definitely be proud of here in America is that we can have things like Pride Month. Because in Russia, in Saudi Arabia, a bunch of other countries, that shit don't fly. <laughs> You'll be thrown off and a building. You know, when people... And when people don't understand something, it it scares them. And fear is what drives people to hate. And, you know, if you can have an open mind with things and realize people aren't harming you because of the choices they make for themselves, that's something that people need to, like, learn. Because when you fear things, that turns to hate. And you see too much of that happening right now. So just anybody listening, just don't judge people, you know, Honestly, who are you to judge? Everybody has stories. Everybody's come from somewhere, and we're not all perfect, you know? So just be open-minded and kind. That's the advice I have for today. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. 
Hate leads to suffering, as the great Yoda said. Yes, Yoda is a very smart Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Well, all right, pals in your pocket. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Did you get the Demi Moore's husband uh, just for the listeners in case they wanted to? Yeah. So it was a movie. I just can't remember. It's Bruce Willis. I'm pretty sure it was Bruce Willis. But it was a movie basically where people are put into pods and they live like an alternate life through their pod. And I just can't remember the name of the movie. But it was really good. It's a good watch. So you can figure out what it is. Surrogate, isn't it? Isn't it surrogate? (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Surrogate. Yeah. I think that came out in what, 2008 or 2009. I. But that was a good movie. You know, it's funny. I've never actually seen it. <laughs> but I will yeah, have to check, check that it out. out. It makes you think. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. As we leave you pals in your pocket, tune in for more. You can find me at THC High Five on Instagram and Twitter, Thomas Skywalker on YouTube and SoundCloud, Thomas Sutherland on Facebook. I do have my other podcast, the Skywalker Podcast, uh, but reach out, give a like, give a comment. I'm always uh, willing to listen and say good morning or good day to you, and I like hearing it back too. So thanks once again. Uh, go in peace. Was there any tags you wanted to throw out there, Marigold, or anything you wanted to say as we go? Love one another. Be awesome. You can find me on Facebook.com slash the pirate Jess, and pirate is spelled P-I-R-8. Uh, You can find me on Instagram, Pirate Ninja Jess. Have a good day, everybody. Pirate Ninja Jess. Cool. Peace. Don't want me to know that you're a lover. So you add another layer to the skin of your heart. No emotion. Learn to be an island on the ocean. Rather be alone than be dependent on another living soul that could reopen your sky.